Hello and welcome everyone to Weekend Rental episode 55. We are your gaming and geek culture podcast. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Stitcher, and of course, Geekade. Whether you're into gaming, comics, movies, and more, you can find wonderful content, articles, podcasts at geekade.com. What's your geek? Getting into the podcast, my name is Ryan, and as always, I'm joined by Andy. Hey. And Nate. What's going on, guys? All right, so let's kick this off with Byron Burn. If you're new to the show, Byron Burn, what we do, it's our opening segment. We all pick a game for a given system. This system, uh, the system of choice this go-around is the Famicom, um, and we'll get into our picks here. Um, basically, we all play these games and decide which ones we would personally buy, rent, or burn. So going through the list, Andy has gone with Gorby, No Pipeline, um, dis, discu, <laughs> something. There's another <laughs> word there. I don't know why I thought I could read it on the fly. Gorby no pipeline de sakun. Is that sound right? It's good. Then your Japanese anything. is on point. It's you know I really it's a different dialect than I'm used to. So uh, <laughs> Nate has gone with Moon Crystal, and I have gone with Joy Mech Fight. Um, so let's go back up at the top. We're going to just talk about these games. Normally we would go through and read a description on them. Typically what we find is with these import games, it just says the title that it came out in another region and the year. So we're not going to bother with that. So, uh, the majority of these are in a different dialect. Yes. That I, that none of us understand. Yes. Uh, so Andy, your pick Gorbino pipeline. What's it about? Yeah. I'm kind of disappointed that there isn't more of a story there because I'm not sure how this ever came to be. <laughs> but yeah, it's a Japanese kind of Tetris uh, pipe dream yeah. mix crossover game, kind of, with uh, Gorbachev and Russian children <laughs> all over it. Yes. <laughs> children and Gorbachev hand in hand, <laughs> plumbing their way across Russia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it- it's got some unique uh, puzzle mechanics to it. You have to you, your uh, puzzle pieces, your Tetris pieces, basically are mm-hmm. are like little pipelines, and you have to mix and match the pipe to go from right to left. And as you climb anything higher, I think you get more points for whatever is underneath it. That's the way I I kind of gathered, right? So the more risk and, towards the top, you get greater score. Okay. Yep. Yep. And that's then you you know gain levels and gets harder from there. I'm guessing it probably goes on and on and on. But I just did the first few because it's like okay, yep, I got it. <laughs> right. Well, it's nice though when you're laying pipe that it gets harder. I mean, that's a good feature to have in any game. <laughs> yes. So, uh, you know, yes. I'd played this one before, and I will say it's kind of like a pipe dream, like you'd mentioned, meets Tetris as far as like the vertical space. But yeah, it's just kind of it's almost too slow paced and tedious for its own good. So it never quite gets to the point of a puzzle game where it's a fun challenge. It's just more of like an exercise in tedium because the pieces come so slow and you know, you've got room for error, but it just means you're kind of starting all over again. Once you've made a couple of mistakes. Um, 
but yeah, I like the whole thing with that Gorbachev. That's that's kind of like the icing on the cake with this one, as far as I'm concerned. His only appearance, though, is just at the the opening screen, right? He has nowhere nowhere else in the game. I have never progressed far enough in to see him again. You might be right. But, I mean, that's enough. Which is funny because you named the whole whole game after him, and then he makes one appearance right at the, the cut screen. Maybe that's all they could afford. Who knows? But the game is so, so strange. If you're jumping into it and you're like, okay, it's a puzzler, it takes a little bit to understand how to play the game and, and what needs to happen. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of pipe dream in there, but uh, it took me a while to really understand what I needed to do. And once I once I found out what I was supposed to do, I still was awful at it. So, but it, it's hilarious story with Gorbachev and all of that. I like that I it took it. you a while to discover make water run through pipe is like what you're supposed to do in this game. You can shut up. I think it's, <laughs> I, it, I'm a little slow. Okay. When any puzzle game that we ever play, I always go with the expectations. It's Tetris. Yeah. And if it's not Tetris, it's going to take a while for me to figure it out. <clears throat> well, in this case, it literally looks and feels like Tetris minus water flowing from one end, I guess. So, right. But you can also have the different shaped pipes that uh, some of it will land higher than the other and you use like half of the pipe. And that was a little complicated. Yeah, that's true. But yep. a little that's bit of why Dr. it took Mario me so long, there. Ryan. Come on, man. Yeah. Give me, no, you're an intelligent give me a break. person. Give me a break. All right. I will. I, I do feel like, like you were saying, like when you, it, it's just pretty much like cycling through until you get the right pipe that you're looking for to keep going. Right. And, and then, like, the rest of them, I don't know. Like, in Tetris, you're always looking for the piece you want, but at the same time, you're always us- using the garbage pieces to build up, you know, other lines to make it, you know, basically build the well for the long piece for the most part. Yeah. But well, and here, it is like it's a... just garbage. You just throw them away. Yeah. It, I mean, it's kind of an effective strategy to plan out, like, a pipe coming from the other side with the pieces that don't work for you, just so, like, when you inevitably screw up, you can hopefully try and piece something back together, but yeah, I would agree for the most part, you're just like sitting there waiting for the one thing to like actually do something that matters because the rest of it just doesn't. Yeah. Which is weird in a puzzle game. There's just not that thrill, I guess in this game. Yeah. All right. Should we, uh, move on to Nate's pick moon crystal? We should. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about it. It's, It's a game. No, it's uh it's uh I, I guess I'd call it an action platformer, uh which seems to be the games that I always pick or gravitate to. Um this game is very similar, I would say kind of Prince of Persia esque. Uh it has similar qualities, uh, but there's a lot packed into this game. There's uh some incredible cutscenes, um some really good cutscenes, I would say even better looking than Ninja Gaiden, which that's kind of where everybody goes for cutscenes. By far much better. Mm-hmm. And uh the animations on the the character, I think what is his name? Ricky? Does that sound right? Sure. Green haired yeah. Ricky. Um his his motion is is very, very good. And just uh 
just all the movements, the jumping movement, the running movement. Uh, they put a lot of effort and time into making this game so much better than just like a left, right, up, down. Um, he has a lot of a lot of character, which is really interesting. Um, but it is a pretty um, pretty straightforward action platform. I would say there isn't a whole lot of extras that are super special about it. But this game is freaking sweet. I loved it. Yeah, I would I would say like the animation and like the fluidity of all the characters kind of is what really impressed me. <clears throat> and you definitely get that Prince of Persia vibe like you're talking about with grabbing ledges and stuff. I also felt um, like it was a little bit like Battle of Olympus, um, kind of in that vein too, where it's almost like a side-scrolling action RPG. Um, but yeah, that animation just blew me away. The character sprites are all good sized. The game controls well. In fact, like the female character models, like looked and animated so well, like I almost felt bad. I'm like, oh my god, I'm murdering innocent women with this poor character. Ricky's a bastard. Uh, but yeah, it was it was. I can't believe I've never heard of this game. I, I don't know why I didn't get a port here because it's fantastic. And it, the controls are really tight. Like yeah. Prince of Persia, it can get a little loose. Um, yeah, the controls are, are tight on this one. Yeah, it's like the perfect the perfect amount too because like once you start animating too much and putting too much momentum into animations, it gets then it becomes not a very good platformer at that point. But I think this nailed it as far as that goes. And and like you said, the the very light RPG mechanics where you're collecting parts, you know, more stronger weapon or stuff like that. The only bummer is the next level you lose it all, right? Right. Yeah. And I think it's the only other game that I can recall in the NES outside of Clash of Demon Head where falling into a pit can sometimes reveal another layer underneath. Like it isn't necessarily death. So that's cool. Yeah. It goes against everything you've been taught by Mario, but it's cool. Yeah, don't jump down there. Don't jump down there. Okay. <laughs> I can keep You're on good. going. You're fine. Well, half the time you can't because he's grabbing the ledge. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, the first time that happened, I was like, whoa, like, what's yeah. going on? Like, that's sweet. You don't see that on the NES at all. No. Yeah, and that is a cool, you know, animation as well. Just the hanging on the ledge and... um I don't know, it just, it looks like a real human being, or that's like the motion a real human being would do. And, you know, back then they weren't uh, putting all these sensors on somebody, having them move around to to capture the motion. I mean, they were, I mean, just visually doing this, which is pretty, pretty impressive. I would love to see this game on an NES cart. I would love to see this game on an NES cart. I mean, you could buy it on a Famicom cart and then play it in your NES with an adapter. Anyways. No, I mean like uh, the homebrew-esque. Just oh, me. a port, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I did gotcha. play an English version of it. Did you guys? Did you? Yeah. Um, I think mine had English text, yeah. Yeah. Mine was Japanese, so I had no idea what was going on. Not much. But his either. name was Ricky. Green-haired. Green-haired Ricky. All right, so let's move on to my pick, Joy Mech Fight. Um, basically, this is a pretty ambitious uh, fighting game for the Famicom, and uh, it kind of uses sort of like, I don't know if you've ever, any of you, this is a horrible thing to compare it to because I'm comparing it to something awful, but Balls, the fighting game, where it's just like 
Severe's or almost like Vector Man. More more people are probably familiar with how the Vector Man character model works. It's similar in style as to how these robots are designed. Basically, what they did is they lifted the Mega Man story, where there's two scientists working with robots. One of them defects and tries to conquer the world with robots, and our remaining Doctor Wily character has one robot left. He sends him out there to battle his way through eight robot masters. Um, basically, you just kind of get to a screen where you pick and choose your enemies. Once you win the fight, they join your side, and you can use their abilities to you know pick your way through the robot list. Um, pretty impressive tech, I would say, for the NES. Punishingly fast and uh, unrelenting in its difficulty. And then what, one thing that's interesting is the fight never breaks down in between stages like a traditional two-win fighting game would. Um, well, you do get a victory. It just keeps you in the game and going. And what threw me off really bad the first time was the fact that two wins does not equal victory. You have to defeat them three full times. So while I was like putting the controller down to celebrate my win, the son of a bitch got back up and started kicking my ass. And I was like, <laughs> oh, like, I don't know what I'm doing. You keep your uh, health points between fights yes. as well. So Yes. Yeah, this game for the NES, there aren't a lot of games like this. Actually, I I can't really name many off the top of my head. Tournament um, Fighters is yeah, about it. Tournament Fighters. So already it's very unique on the on the platform. And uh yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, very difficult. One thing I was a little bummed by, so the characters very unique as you beat them. They they have unique qualities and kind of a unique look, but the further you get, they're kind of reskins of certain ones. And so I kind of feel like they kind of lost a little creativity at some point. They're like, we just got to put some characters out. This is the ghost of this guy or, or whatever it is. Well, they um, lifted that straight from the Mega Man series then. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's a really unique game. I love games like this. And, uh, it is, yeah, it's fast-paced, very fun. Yeah, I have to agree. I, It's pretty impressive that they made a pretty solid fighting game on, on an NES with health bars and all that stuff. Uh, I think the bits and pieces, like the Vector Man style, is probably due to the limitations of the NES. I'm not sure. Sure. It certainly didn't help with like move recognition like i it was tough to tell if he was kicking high low that type of thing because it's just like balls moving everywhere but i was impressed that the bottom of the screen would have the name of the move that they were doing of and yours yeah. as well and i i love that and i'm surprised that like modern fighting games don't do that you know yeah just like the depth like you you know just the depth of the unique attacks like the button combos was not a layer that I thought I was going to see in this game. So when you first start stumbling across some of those special moves, you're like, Oh, like there is more to this than you would ever expect. You know, I read it has fluid motion and I, I read something that the way the characters were designed in those separate balls that they would, um, that's how they got the motion that, that they did or else it would be very choppy and, um, so they had to create the characters that way in order for it to work. I can't remember all the ins and outs, but yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah, I could see that. Because each sense. thing would be 
a loaded sprite already. You just have to move the placement where if it's a character, like a full-bodied person like Street Fighter, you have to make the animation for their leg go up and down, all that stuff. So, Yeah, it's an interesting interesting one. I, I It was apparently a very late release, which is probably why we didn't see it over here, because I'm sure we were well on at the Super Nintendo at this point, or well, close was it, to. Was it 92? 93? I didn't, I didn't even look at the release date, I guess. But yeah, probably tail end there. I wish there were more games like that. That uh, they created on the NES. I'm lots of limitations, of course, but and even tournament fighters isn't fluid and perfect. But yeah, yeah, I think the NES just kind of missed that craze, right? Like the fighting games really started picking up steam right around the time the Super Nintendo launched. So we might have seen more of them had it been a couple years earlier that that happened. But I think we should give our verdicts, Andy. Let's start off with you. Uh, my buy has to be Moon Crystal. That game was incredible. I wish that game came over here. I wish I would have played that when I was younger. And I wish it was not a $500 Famicom cart right now. So, Seriously? Is it really? Yeah. Oh my <laughs> <Shit>. gosh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, it's probably a pretty rare one over there as well, I would imagine. Um, I bet it's on Etsy for thirty five bucks for the NES. Yeah, um, I'll uh, check. Mm, yeah, there's there's plenty of reproductions out there. I'm I am certain of that. I'd be content with that, actually. Yep. But yeah, that's that's an incredible game. It just it felt so great. It looked great. I I loved it. Um, my run's gonna be Joy Mech Fight. They pulled off a pretty rudimentary version of a you know full-blown fighting game oh there you go it's right 36 there. bucks on etsy there you go i need it early christmas gift <clears throat> <laughs> sorry i derailed you oh that's Joy fine fight. Uh, yeah Joy mech fights pretty great for a fighting game on a nes but i mean overall if you're gonna play a fighting game hmm. <laughs> right it's it's probably not there even balls that d-pad is, is not conducive either to no. like long sessions my thumb was on fire just after the first couple <laughs> rounds yep yep there's definitely some animation priority that you kind of get lost in on that game as well but <laughs> mm-hmm. uh yeah and unfortunately my burn poor gorby it's been a while since you've had a burn andy i know it's how's it feel he's uh that that pipeline from Japan to Russia. At least it explains that mark on his forehead. It's not a birthmark. <laughs> it's a burn mark. Uh, <laughs> the the artwork is great though. That's probably the best part about this is like oh yeah for sure anime version of Gorbachev. Yeah, just, Chibi Gorbachev just, just smiling, <laughs> smiling at you like that. He he doesn't smile. No. <laughs> <laughs> Neat. How about you? I, I think this one is is pretty obvious. All three games, I thought were decent for what they were, uh, but Moon Crystal by far very superior, and that was for me a random pick, and I'm so glad I I picked it. It's so good, and um, yeah, one that I want to play again, and hopefully will find a cart uh, that I can uh, add to my collection. So that's definitely my buy. 
Um, I I am gonna stop you there, and I think you like looked up twenty like top ten lists for no Famicom games because you're just so beaten down over your awful picks lately. No, uh, well, yes, you needed a ringer. I, I am I am beat down because let's face it, I pick crappy games, but this was this is random. All right. Um, so my rent is gonna be Joy Mech Fight. I think it's a unique game. Um, I like that style of game. I don't love that style, but for the NES, it kind of stands out a little bit, and uh, I thought it was a lot of fun to play. And Gorby, we're burning him. We're adding that uh, that mark on his head, and uh, it just it was it was good game, but puzzle games when you put those two games with it, it just it doesn't stand out at all. I was and I started with Moon Crystal, which kind of ruined everything. I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh. And I put so much time into it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Gorby came right after it because I had no idea what this game was going to be like. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. Gorby. So that is going to be my burn. Ryan, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to do the exact same thing. It's pretty obvious. Moon Crystal is a freaking phenomenal game that I wish I'd have played a long time ago because I'm going to go back and play that one some more. Joy Mech Fight is not, like, I'll, I'll admit, like, fighting games are not my genre. This wouldn't be a game I would probably typically buy, so it'll be my rent. But just the presentation, the fluidity, and, um, yeah, it was just impressive, like, from a technical aspect. And, yeah, there's nothing wrong with Gorbino Pipeline. It's just not a standout puzzle game. It certainly can't compete among uh, the other two games it went up against, so gonna have to burn it. Down with the Soviet Union. Is that on Etsy? I want to see the art for uh, Gorbachev oh, and the sure. game. It seems like every hacked, pirated like port is on Etsy for some reason. It's like the mecca of repro carts. Man, I'm not seeing much. Uh-oh. Oh. Must be a sleeper hit. Yeah, I found a niche. I better ask Russia, though, if it's okay. Yeah, of course. You have to. Putin no pipeline. It's <laughs> <laughs> my new version. <laughs> All right. Another Byron burn in the books. All right, so moving on from Byron and Burn, let's get into some some news. There's been a lot happening, a lot going on in our lives, but maybe I thought we'd touch on some of the news that just happened with um, the Switch. And once again, uh, it appears that peripherals have leaked a potential major release for the Switch. This is like the third time in as many months, it feels like. And uh, an Amazon listing for a Switch case featuring the Overwatch logo in that orange that we're all familiar with was listed caught spread all over Reddit and uh immediately delisted and um I guess we'll have our answer soon because it sounds like there's a Nintendo Direct that's also lining up with BlizzCon is that the timing so oh sure it should be debunked by either side or confirmed by either side very very soon 
what do you guys think about that? I mean, has anyone, I mean, Andy, you've maybe played some Overwatch, Nate? A little bit. Yeah. Never, never played Overwatch. I know everyone loves it, but I have not experienced it. I look at Overwatch and I think everyone loved it. And I think like it's sort of past like it's limelight. I know people still play it, but and they continue to support it. It would be a great game for the Switch though, just because it's got that graphical style that, you know, is more cell shaded, so you don't have that high fidelity and a lot of stuff. You know, it moves fluid, but you know, you don't have a ton of characters in each match either. So, you know, your limitations on internet speed, frame rates, and things like that are a little more manageable. And seeing how well they ported Diablo, I think Overwatch probably makes sense. I think this would probably be, like, the last big hurrah and send-off for Overwatch before we start hearing rumors about maybe an Overwatch sequel. Because I think they're already, like, 30-some characters for Overwatch, right? Yeah, it's so a lot. So I don't know how much bigger you make that game. I'm kind of surprised that they, I, I figured at this point in the life cycle of that thing, that they would be just doing like a free to play. You get, you know, four characters to choose from and then you buy the other ones. But I suppose that kind of messes with the balance of the game because you also have to have different classes. Maybe I'm not sure. Yeah, I can see that. I, I like, that's a good point though. I am surprised that everyone just full free to play like as, cause it kind of came out right before that was the big thing. And then the model really switched with that. Yeah, and then all those hero games that's what they were you know i guess league of legends all that stuff has been like that forever but yeah i don't know i i think it'll be good but at the same time like if you were jonesing for overwatch you 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 had a way to play it by now right like i don't know yeah and i feel like most of the hardcore fan base or the fan base that still logs on and plays from time to time is doing it now on their gaming pcs i don't know how much i mean (laughs) That's stupid because the market's completely different for the Switch, right? So they're probably still going to sell a billion copies of it if it comes out. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think it will be like the highest selling version of Overwatch, that's for sure. I think it's great that just another game leaked (laughs) again. I mean, I, I just don't understand how this happens and how it accidentally happens. And you almost think that. It, it sometimes sometimes is intentional to create this this buzz before an announcement or, or anything like that. Um, I think Overwatch is is a big deal for Switch, but again, I think the people that want to play Overwatch have already played it, so or it's they've... not going to be a moment that's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's on the Switch. <laughs> I think it's just like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And Paladins has been available for free forever on the Switch, so I think people that really were jonesing for an Overwatch fix, they have a very good free alternative that runs well. Yeah, that's true. I kind of want to start my own, like, accessory company. and just just leak things? Oh yeah, just like, have something that closely resembles, like, what Half-Life 3 logo would look like, and just have No one would believe you at this point. Everyone's too cynical about Half-Life 3. Fine, I'll put Gorbachev on it on a switch yes. case. <laughs> that I would believe. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think Blizzard should maybe spend more time adding some more servers to Wall Classic right now. <laughs> Ooh, it sounds yeah. like the 
Wait times are insane. Yeah, I was talking with Justin a little bit about that, and he was saying they kind of had to just search for and like join a less populated server to kind of get around that. But yeah, who knew? That's pretty hot. Re-releasing your original content from over a decade ago gets everyone excited. Yeah. Oh, and if you didn't know, Justin was on this podcast the whole time. He's just playing well right now. Yes. <laughs> he hasn't said a word. <laughs> Okay, not to sound completely ignorant. Is it called WoW Vanilla? Is that what it's called? Classic. WoW Classic. Oh, classic. What's vanilla? Is there any vanilla in it? It's an ice cream. Okay, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it is the vanilla version, base version of that game. Right. So So Ryan, is your your wife going to let you jump into WoW? I don't know. Justin's been hounding me to start playing again. Um, Are you getting an itch? I'm going to see if it'll run on this PC um, because you can run WoW on a lot of stuff that you wouldn't expect. So I might see, but I don't know. Here's to never see Ryan again. (laughs) I do want to go back to the beginning, pick my Torin Druid and uh, see Crossroads the way it was meant to be seen. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty excited. But that also requires a lot of hours. And when I enjoyed that back in the day, I didn't have kids, almost didn't end up with a wife and, uh, I didn't do much outside of play. Wow. So, um, yeah, it, it's a scary proposition to think about getting back into that and how consuming it could be. Although it just simply can't be. My life doesn't work like that anymore. You just need a bump. Just need a little bump. (laughs) Yeah. So Telltale is coming back. Kind of. That's kind of exciting. Well, kind of, yes. So Telltale, last year, everyone knows that they kind of disbanded. And uh, it seemed kind of abrupt last year when they did that. And uh, this year, at some point, they're going to be bringing it back and potentially hiring some of the Telltale people, the original people, as freelancers, which is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I'm kind of curious what's going to be coming out for that. I'm not a Telltale fan. I don't really enjoy those types of games, uh, but I know there's a market for them for sure. I mean, I think it's cool to see like some of these industry vets like resurrect it, but I mean, really, you're just buying the name and the licenses that they still have. I don't know what you could possibly do as far as new games that haven't been done without significant development. My guess is this is a timing move because you've got a bunch of games. We're on the edge of next gen. So they'll be able to repackage bundle these games and put them in a new collection on the new consoles and make some more money off of them. Um, At least initially is, is kind of what I'm anticipating. So the new owners of Telltale, they're a mobile game company, right? Oh, uh, I think it was several people, but I didn't read. I didn't read who. Yeah, I thought it was a mobile particular. game company that that took ownership. Which kind of curious if they know what they're doing or if they're just gonna really, really destroy the Telltale name even more. Yeah, I. It's it's kind of strange because it's not that far away from where they were. 
Like, it's not like it's been five years and people are really jonesing for those type of games again. They made so many of those games with so many licenses and drove them just kind of into the ground that even the people that loved them can't keep up. So it's like, ah, does anybody really want it right now? I mean, I was kind of enjoying the break of them, of the Telltale games. Yeah, I feel like they oversaturated themselves at that point. I, 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 when I heard that it was coming back, I guess I'm not overly shocked, but yeah, at the same time, I'm kind of with you. I'm good. (laughs) I was good a while ago, so. I don't feel like it's been a year. When, when I was reading that, I was like, man, I felt like that just happened that they kind of disbanded. I mean, we were talking about it on the podcast, whatever number ago that was, but yeah, they were saying over a year, which is kind of interesting. Well, and stuff continued to kind of trickle out for several months afterwards right. with like the reworking of the final season of The Walking Dead and all that crap, which is still due to come out, right? Like uh, the ending couple episodes, I think. Yeah, or has. I Who knows? <laughs> I don't know at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if it does much for me, but it's interesting. I mean, it's always good to hear that people might get back into the, you know, jobs they loved working on properties they cared about but anytime you have somebody new pick up stuff like this and dust it off you always kind of wonder what was their real motivation behind it is it just to capitalize on Mm. the ip and the name so i don't know like thq nordic yes (laughs) we had the same (laughs) guy i was thinking the same company in my head when you said that yeah i mean it's good that they're back but i don't know that i needed it or that they're doing the right thing with it yeah. Although, didn't Nordic just buy something else, too? I yeah, swear Nordic just made a purchase. I, yeah, I think they did. I don't remember what it was. I know they said that Dead Island 2 is still on. Yes, it's that's like, it. That's the one. Yep. I remember that so, game being announced a long time ago, and it's like, well, <sighs> Dying Light is a thing, right? <laughs> like, isn't that... Yeah, if I you've ever played Dead Island, then played Dying Light, there's no reason that we need to go back to the island. I yeah. guess. Yes. That was the purchase. I thought that was funny. I think everybody, like the internet's collective thought on that was like, oh, that's still, still being worked on it. Huh? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a while since we've had like a solid zombie game though. Yeah. Dying Light might've been the last one, but I feel like that kind of went under the radar for a lot of people. That one's out, is that this year? The new one? Dying Light 2? Yeah, it might be. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, but speaking of companies being bought, this one, I, I'm surprised that it wasn't bought already, but yeah, Insomniac Games, makers of Ratchet and & Clank and Spyro, were uh, purchased by Sony. Holy no. Makes a ton of sense. Makes a ton of sense. Like we were talking a little bit, you know, to me, this just seemed like one of those things where, uh, you know, when Microsoft purchased the Forza Studios, it's like, oh, I guess I didn't realize that you weren't already wholly part of uh, Microsoft Studios. And that's kind of because Insomniac has just exclusively put out stuff for PlayStation consoles for over a decade now. I mean, yeah, it goes way back. Yeah, I, I mean, they did make Sunset Overdrive, 
which was Xbox exclusive. That was one of the few times oh, that they they, really? they do that. But outside of that, yeah, they've been mainly Sony. I think they do some VR stuff here and there, but um, I mean, the, well, I'm bummed that I'll never get that Xbox sequel to uh, Sunset Overdrive. <laughs> you know, the game yeah. that everybody forgot about five minutes after that console <laughs> launched. Here's my theory on it, though. Uh, they they also made the last Spider-Man, which the ending of that game very much implies there is going to be Spider-Man Two, and uh, the all the business dealings with Disney and Sony right now with the Spider-Man movie license. Yeah, giving everybody the big fuck you on we're not working with you and we're taking Spider-Man back. Yeah, I could it's have. It's imag- a good connection. I could have imagined. Uh, Disney just out of vengeance, just buying Insomniac and being like, well, I guess you, we took your developer away who made your last game. (laughs) Oh my God. That would have been amazing. Had that happened. Sony is so stupid. Also Sony can't make a good Spider-Man movie. I don't know what they're thinking, especially after now, like after the MCU connection and what are you possibly going to walk away from? But I guess it's uh, a matter of having a hundred percent profit from whatever you make versus sharing it with Disney. So I, yeah, it's kind of a lose, lose situation, but they did it themselves. So <laughs> damn you Sony, but at least we'll get a good Spider-Man sequel game. I'm sure. Yeah. You know that that's going to be their next game for sure. I'm sure they're already well into development. That was like a huge game from last year. And they actually just announced that it's getting a game of the year edition, I think, or an all inclusive edition. Okay. So that should be dropping for the holidays. I'm sure. Have you played it yet, Ryan? No, I'm not going to. Not at all. No, I don't care. I don't care about Spider-Man. I don't care. about. I feel like you're just not doing it. I feel like you're missing out a little bit. I'm really, I guarantee you I'm not. I really enjoyed the game. And the storyline's great. I'm not huge on superheroes, but that game was it was a lot of fun. Let me guess. I play as Spider-Man. I swing around. I shoot webs. I kick people in the face. Maybe I save Gwen a couple times here or there. Or maybe Auntie May or whatever the fuck. My uncle dies. Does that happen? Who's Gwen? No idea. And you're the one who played this game. <laughs> All right. This is, uh, it takes place like a long time after. Where, like, so Peter's... she's dead already? Yeah, like it's it's... It's quite a ways into the future. You're playing like adult Peter Parker. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't have any, like, I, I don't mean to poo-poo on it because I don't have any doubts that it's a fantastic game and a great open world and a visual powerhouse. I just have, I came off of a year where I played two or three huge, in the last 18 months, open world games, and I just am open worlded out. Mm-hmm. I just, I, it's just another coat of paint after a while, to be honest. What were the two two games? Red Dead. Well, so I did Breath of the Wild. Oh yeah, crunched on Horizon Zero Dawn to get that done for our Game of the Year discussions a couple years back, and then we did the Red Dead thing, which for ruined everything know, for everybody who doesn't know. Weekend Rental Podcast. Uh, Nate, Andy, and I decided that we were going to play that game from start to finish in a single sitting, live streaming it all. So we literally sat down and started streaming that on launch day for 36 freaking hours. Uh, so yeah, I'm a little burnt out on open world games, Nate. <laughs> yeah. That ruined, that ruined a lot of gaming for me. I, when I jumped oh. back into red dead, I was, uh, I don't know. It, how I had that it. sick feeling in my stomach, but I'm like, all right, I gotta, 
You got to see the the proper ending here. Yeah. Uh, No, I totally understand that, too. Like, all those open world games, once you know, like, this is this and this is, you know, you got to go do this. And I mean, I booted up Sleeping Dogs because it's on Game Pass. Was yeah, one I always wanted. Great. Yeah, I always wanted to go back to it, but it is that like it's a really cool coat of paint on it. But it's like these are the mission types, you know. And it's like, oh, okay, that sucks. I picked that game up on the fifty percent off sale, and I still haven't touched it yet. Sleeping Dogs. Yeah, yeah. I think I've got it free on one of my systems because it was Xbox. Maybe it was a free on the three sixty at one point. Sure. Yeah, that's I would maybe have where to I got turn it. on my gold, yeah. but is that a forty-plus hour game? I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I mean, everybody who's played it to completion says it's great, though. I don't understand why people. I love the full gaming experience, but when people like pee their pants over number of hours in games, where they're like, "Oh my gosh, this is sixty hours! <laughs> I'm so excited!" I'm like, I need a game that's two hours. So yeah. I can be done with it mm-hmm. and move on. And it, like, honestly, like in our adult life, or at least in my adult life, like a 20 hour game, even like I mainlined horizon zero dawn to get through that. And I did that in like 22 hours That's and that right. was still too much. Like if I could, if every gaming experience could be wrapped up in 10 in a satisfying package, like that would be ideal for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why you need more than that. The hard part is the ones that are 10 hours are mostly indie games that have a limited scope of the game itself anyway. So then you're also doing repeated things in a smaller scope for 10 hours, which is sometimes just as bad too. Yeah. Or even just like 10 hours, just main story. Like maybe it could be like 30 with side missions and like, I don't know, but then I I guess developers don't want to make a game where you can just dispose of 60% of it because you're not going to go that direction. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to find time to play games, damn it. Mm-hmm. Oh, back to Spider-Man. There, it, there is a VR experience you can download Ooh. for free. I would puke my brains it, out. It is swinging through the city. You don't and control it? or you Yeah, do? you do. Yeah, okay. you, you pick where you want to shoot the webs and swing around. And Yeah, it, it's not too bad. It, eventually, I did get a little bit, you know, that flush feeling. Did you have that like drop in the stomach feeling when you're kind of swooping down? Uh, not so much that there, there's a couple times where you have to jump off a building and just like fly down that, that definitely has the some to fall. it. Yeah. Oh um, gosh. And then there's like a boss fight where there's like a robot just kind of running through the city and you have to like, look, that's where you have to like swing around and look back at the robot. That is kind of rough, but. It's not a good looking game either. Like the buildings are basically like gray blocks. <laughs> but. I just like my Beat Saber machine. I can't play anything else but Beat Saber or else I'm not feeling great. I've tried everything. I've tried the ginger ale tricks. I've tried, oh. you know, not, I can't. They haven't been pleasant experiences. I just have to stick with Beat Saber. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, Spider-Man uh, is probably not for you at that <laughs> I've been checking out another Sony powerhouse um, thanks to my son and Walmart clearance. I picked up a couple games, very cheap, one of which happened to be Knack 2. And my son, who I've pleaded with and argued against his judgment, 
insists that Knack is a great game and that he loves it and that Knack himself is a fantastic character. Even though I have tried to educate him otherwise. Uh, so I've been playing a fair amount of Knack 2, which I have to say, I've never seen a game implement two-player co-op in such a useless fashion. They basically designed a single-player game with single-player cutscenes, but then you just join a second controller and like a blue Knack pops out of your normal red Knack. And nothing else changes in the game, and then you just go through it together. Uh, which, except the only point where the two-player thing comes in in any sort of unique way is that the quick-time events, which everybody loves still in 2019, are now controlled by both people on screen, which is fantastic when you're playing with your five-year-old and uh, you're going through the like eight-stage cut-time quick-time events like 20 times because he can't hit X <laughs> in the appropriate fashion. How many times did you yell at him? I didn't. Oh, I kept my parenting. Nice. But I did get to like barking out the commands. I'm like, X, R1, circle. So like, it was just like drilling that into him. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's fine. It's knack, right? Like it's knack two is the game that nobody wanted or cared about, but I guess it's fine if you're going to play a 3d platformer with a child. Um. I wish I could convince him to play a better 3D platformer with me, but there's something about Knack, I guess, that my my son <laughs> loves, so. Wow. Don't buy it for your children, please. I've seen both those games played through the entirety, so I feel your pain. Your kids won for them too, huh? No, my wife played through both of those. Oh, no! Yeah. And the second one, she's like, oh, this has two players, and I'm like, does it no it doesn't <laughs> no, no that must you. be a misprint <laughs> back the box is wrong uh yeah those are games that nobody asked for entirely i mean the yeah. first one was a tech demo how they greenlit the second one i have no idea it's better the second one's better i think but yeah it's still more of the same like and even that not the opening segment but the whole like freaking second part like that whole opening world and like path you take to get up to some of that stuff is like an exact replica of some of the stuff from the very first opening area of the original game so i got deja vu hard mm-hmm. the only thing i like is like the second one sprinkles in giant ladybugs all over the place so i just make it my mission to like track them down and smash the shit out of them that's that's my entertainment <laughs> yeah weekend rental podcast that was the knack minute, I guess. <laughs> that would be the last knack minute. Well, you know knack three's on the way. Oh, That's God. a PS5 launch. It's also, it comes. It's coming to Switch. Honestly, if they brought those to Switch, that would sell like gangbusters. Because you imagine mm-hmm. knack one and two combo pack. You get one in the card. You download the other one. Perfect. Sell it for $55, because everything goes for that on the Switch. <laughs> Including the Lion King and Aladdin Ooh. HD remakes. Which they knew not to uh, enrage people and send them into uh, World War Three by just picking one side of the versions between Super Nintendo and Genesis. They just put them both on there. Does that matter, though, with Lion King? Aren't they virtually the same? For the most minus part, Minus some, think. like, 
artwork and music? I I mean the Super Nintendo is definitely way better for for uh Lion King. It's got yeah. you know music, better mode seven for some of those like chase uh levels. But uh I don't know. Aladdin Genesis is where it's at for me. Yeah. No, you're you're dead wrong. Mm. Super Nintendo's the superior game. Yeah. Capcom knew what they were doing. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of came out of left field with you know HD remakes of those two games. But it makes perfect sense though with them like whoring both of those movies out, like the live actions this year. You know, everybody's talking about them again, so they know the kids are gonna have that association with True. the properties. So. I think if you were going to do it, not only is the gaming retro scene still there, but now the brand recognition is on every five-year-old's mind again. Yeah, I would say this is the only time <laughs> that you could ever do something like this, um, just because interest is not there. But now that these these abominations say- are, are now out, you're yeah. going to capitalize on it a little bit. I say abominations. I've never seen them. No desire to see them. I don't think um, the Lion King is a particularly great platformer in either case, like either version. I mean, it's a, it's a fine game, but I don't remember it. It wasn't very well designed. The level design is kind of muddy. I mean, it, it touches on a lot of like the story beats, but I, I never, it didn't have a lasting connection with me. I'll say that. Whereas I played through Aladdin probably 30 times in the Super Nintendo. Hmm. I like Aladdin on the Genesis as well. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I I do like how they're bringing those over, having like rewind functions. And there was a mode yes. in there that you can put it on autoplay and just watch it and then jump in whenever it, you want, which is pretty cool. But they just is Frank Cifaldi working on this one then too? Um, I don't know, but it's very similar to the things that he was doing. On, yeah, the fortieth anniversary yeah. collection that, oh, that had that's the pickup yeah. that had the play thing. The rewind came with Mega Man, but the let the game play itself came from the SNK thing. Sure. Yeah, that's hopefully. Have they said if they're going to do any of like the museum stuff, like stills, early prototype yeah. like clips? They're going to do that. Yep. Yeah. There was a, cool. there's even like a playable demo that never came out, I guess, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I mean, I'll pick this up for sure. I mean, those, both those games were a sizable part of my childhood, so. Mm-hmm. And movies more so, I would say. Princess Jasmine. Tearjerkers. Princess Jasmine Nala. made you feel like a man. Nala. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think that's right. Timon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That bit's worn out. <laughs> so I've been watching uh, uh Amazon show called The Boys. And it's like a superhero show, but what if the superheroes were real? And... They also had all the movies and geekdom that's going on right now with superheroes. But also throw in like corporate politics and I don't know. It definitely it's like super superheroes crossed with Breaking Bad. That's kind so of So these the, guys have the superpowers 
and they're marketing them to shoot movies. Yep. Games, so on and so forth. Yep. That's really interesting. Yep. Yeah, it's 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 all that, but also the you know, the superheroes are all like assholes. So Which is kind of what you'd expect superheroes to be, right? Yeah. So the if show is real world. Yeah, exactly. So the show is basically about a group of guys going out trying to murder these superheroes. Because they're assholes or there's some ulterior motive? Yeah, they've I mean they're assholes. They were very much assholes to these people, so they're trying to get the So revenge. that makes them like villains of the superheroes? Which then they'll make movies about them. <laughs> I also watched a superhero thing recently, and I watched Avengers Endgame, and I did not like that. It was a long three hours. Don't ruin it for me. Satisfying conclusion to a lot of Marvel movies I watched that I don't really care that much about anyway, so maybe I'm the wrong person to be judging Endgame, but man... Oof, not what I wanted or expected. So I've made it through every every Marvel release. My wife's on this Marvel kick right now. And so I um I've made it through half of each movie. I start it and then I end up <laughs> falling asleep halfway through. Sure. So I kind of have the gist of what's going on. We're getting close to the end game. So I'll probably fall asleep halfway through again and still be okay. We're on Doctor Strange at this point. I would say just watch like the first maybe 20 minutes of it and then just fast forward to the last 10. You'll get everything you need to know. Let's just say they implement time travel. So you you kind of know how, mm. how your uh, hour and a half center piece of that movie is going to be wasted. So it's just bouncing back and forth. Kind of, yes. It, yeah. it, yes, it's... I didn't see that wrapping up like that. I just. Plus, they made it incredibly easy to overthrow uh, Thanos like a couple of times in that movie. So I just wondered like what the struggle bus was up to Endgame. Like, why was it so hard? <laughs> like, it seemed like they kind of had their shit together on multiple occasions. I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, they certainly should have. There's multiple times that the, even in the other ones that. They had a chance to do so, and they didn't, but. Yeah. Yeah, that movie is basically the end of that movie. Like, the big battle, that's what you're looking for. Like, any. Yeah. That That's probably the best part, just seeing everybody there. They're all there. It's like Super Smash Brothers. Dude, and can I just, like, touch on, like, the bad luck of Hawkeye? Like, Thanos wipes out half of all living things and the dude loses four fucking members of his family. Like, what are the odds on that? Yeah. Like, guy drew the short straw. <laughs> like, three kids and a wife fucking gone. <laughs> Holy shit. Poor guy. Yeah. He didn't take it too well, I don't think. I mean, he seemed to bounce back, you know. <laughs> took, out his, took out his aggression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I'm the wrong person to judge, but I've, as someone who's only ever mildly invested in any of those, I was not overly impressed with Endgame. 
I'm interested in see where they go from here because it's like, how do you froth up that much demand that this had? Right. Like this seems like the high water mark, and from here on, it's just I don't know. Well, yeah, and you know that's the thing is I was in Best Buy um, this weekend, and you know you're going through the DVD section, which physical media is dead anyway. But you literally go through the four rows of movies that they have there, and literally a whole aisle is just Marvel movies. It's every Marvel movie from the last like 15 years. It's unbelievable, like how mm. oversaturated all of that is in current pop culture. So. Yeah, you gotta you gotta wonder like how long can you ride that wave? Yep. I completely missed the bus on all of these. I didn't get super excited when they first came out. So when we're going through these, watching them, I'm like, wait a second, this came out in 2005. Like, I feel like this just came out. They're all melting together. I really, yeah. I don't know. I don't get super excited. I know there are people out there that love. Love the series, love everything about them, but I just, they're not that exciting to me. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I think the big shocker for me, not caring about any of it, was that initial Iron Man. You watch it and you're like, oh, that was a fucking awesome movie. Like, I I thought that was going to suck. So then I started watching a couple other ones and you get to like Thor. I was like, oh no, these are going to suck. Like, I'm not going to watch these anymore. And then, you know, you get back in on, like, some of the later ones. But, yeah, I I think I've seen the majority of what's been released now. But a lot of that is just due to the fact that these eventually made their way to Netflix. And thanks to the utter lack of other content on Netflix over the last few years, I've just kind of watched every Marvel film at some point. Yep. We're not real. We're not real gamers. We don't We don't like comics. <laughs> or at least Nate and I. Andy's probably like those sons of bitches. Yeah, Andy's raging. He's gonna hulk out. Because you're a pretty big fan, right? Like of the MCU. Or yeah, maybe I, I mean, I like the movies for the most part. Like they're, I, I'm not, not like gonna sit at midnight to go see them or anything like that. But sure, I'll, I'll watch them. Try and catch them in theater if I can. I'm, Did you see Endgame in the theater? Yeah. Yep. Okay. It was like three weeks after, but <laughs> sure. there are good ones out there. Like you said, you could watch Iron Man and be like, okay, it's pretty sweet. But I feel like once they start going in the expansion of their story, that's kind of where I get lost, where it's you're getting all the the background stuff. I just want to watch a good movie, and you could end at the first Iron Man. You could end at the first uh, Captain America, and I would be pretty content. Yeah. But it's just all the extra stuff that they add on. Okay, now we're going to go backstory of this guy mm-hmm. and hear everything and how they tie in together. And I just don't get super excited about it. I feel Sorry. like that's kind of where like Guardians of the Galaxy is my jam because it's like I knew nothing about them before those movies came out, and like you don't need to know anything. They're just funny characters that say dumb one-liners. Shit blows up. It ends. Everybody's happy. Like that's. I think those are probably my two favorite. Minus, like, Iron Man, as I said before, from all of them. Yeah, and I think that's what they need to do is keep them, you know, take take one of these movies and make a genre movie out of it, you know? This one's a comedy, right. this one's a, you know... I think even there's a horror one coming out? I don't know, but... There's a female Hulk, right? Yes. She-Hulk. She-Hulk. I did not know that. Yeah. Was there a comic on it? 
Yeah. Really? She's a lawyer, I think. By day. <laughs> Single. Well, that, that's why she would Hulk out. Yep. Yeah, I would. <laughs> mm. How many men are going to get slapped now after that comes out for calling their wife She Hulk when they're in trouble and getting screamed at? Probably just me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I might not even wait till the movie comes out. I'm putting that. I'm putting that into rotation. Start. That, that, that's the, that's in the vocabulary now. Yeah, I'll let you know when the first slap comes. <laughs> it will be soon. Uh, Make sure she says "smash" before she hits you. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk smash. <laughs> Gives me a second to duck. Mm. Uh. All right, moving on to the fail bag, where we answer 20-year-old questions from old gaming magazines as if they were addressed to us. And I'm in a old EGM magazine, number 77. We got Thomas from Boston. Boston. He says, this is my first... <laughs> Boston. This is, yeah, a Minnesota accent on a Boston <laughs> accent. Can't do it. We shouldn't even try. Uh, he says, this is my first ever email to your magazine. With the inevitable of high tech gaming consoles making the 16 plot. <laughs> you weren't lying. You can't read. <laughs> oh, oh, you're making man. me look good. That takes a lot. I know. Oh. He says, This is my first ever email to your magazine with the inevitability. <laughs> I can't say that word. <laughs> inevitability? Uh, okay, yes, that's the Nailed word. <laughs> Uh, he says we call it the fail bag for a reason (laughs) (laughs) fuck take take 52 no it's all stayed in oh jeez anyway he says some high tech gaming consoles are making their way making the 16 bit flat (laughs) fucking (laughs) A <laughs> it just gets better. The words are right in front of you, right? <laughs> you don't have to make this up. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. 16 bit consoles. <laughs> yeah, 16 bit consoles. They're kind of getting outdated. Or no. Wait, what is he saying? That maybe that's why I'm confused. Yeah, I don't I'm not sure what he's saying there, but Basically, he's concerned about uh, dwindling support for the Super NES and the Genesis. In particular, I've been on the lookout for a Super NES game converter that would allow old 8-bit games to be played on the 16-bit console. I would like a a converter since my 8-bit console is all but destroyed. Following your magazine's advice, I bought an RGB cable from Redmond Cable Company for my Super NES. 
along with the Commodore monitor. If there was a real convertible, if there was a converter available, I could make I could play 8-bit games in RGB mode. I remember seeing a short article about a, such a converter in EGM, but have not been able to see its appearance in stores. With a lack of developer support for the Super NES, I don't foresee such a converter being released in the future. So my main question is, has a peripheral ever existed? And if so, which company makes it and what's their phone number? Do you guys know that this exists? Oh, God, uh, I gotta imagine for the Super Famicom there was probably one which should in well no, it wouldn't necessarily work with I've never seen one, I guess is where my rambling is going. Um I yeah. don't recall seeing one, but I would not be surprised if somebody out there didn't make one at some point. Right. Well, especially now you would right. think Right. NES, I'm Goog I'm Hyperkin. Googling it. <laughs> Yeah, the, okay, so that's exactly it. Like, Retrobit obviously has one. Hyperkin kind of stuff. Back in the day. That would have been a cash cow if you figured that out back right. then. You would think. Definitely. I mean... Because that's... Atari did that, and that's how <clears throat> they did Somebody correct us if you're listening to this and we are wrong. But yeah, as far as I know, at least in the U.S., I don't think we got... There certainly wasn't an officially licensed one, at the very least. Um out of no. China or something, I wouldn't be surprised if this existed somewhere. I just don't know if um, it's that simple with the NES and the SNES, because with the Genesis, it was able to do the Master System stuff because like the architecture was still there, but I don't know that that was the case with with this um, Super Nintendo and NES. I mean, they're pretty wildly different. Yeah. So That would have been a game changer if they did. That would definitely be a game changer. Yeah, if you could play your NES games on your Super, be, that would be amazing. Cool. But also, I would argue that this adapter, I mean, I know you're not getting your RGB, but this adapter probably costs about $50, which is also what the top loader NES was would cost you. The picture quality is yeah. not good. Well, the ultimate the solution, right. the ultimate solution for this predicament is just to plug both of them in, right? It, like, yeah. let's kind just just I mean, have that's, both. That's what we do now. Both <laughs> systems up and just set them there. Play eight bit when you want to play eight bit. I like how you just like took my suggestion and like said the same thing but differently, and you're like, <laughs> "Isn't that the ultimate solution to do what Ryan said?" But I, I'm saying it differently, <laughs> and it's the same. Sorry, Ryan. I'll do better next. Well, especially time. if you have a top loader, that's that's the ultimate. I'm I'm surprised he was talking about like RGB cables and monitors. The whole first question is a goddamn shit show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty amazing. A Commodore monitor. Yeah, good idea, Nate. I loved it. <laughs> On with the fail. <laughs> How come they don't have an Atari Twenty Six Hundred adapter? For my Super Nintendo, they had it for everything it's a dream else. Right there, uh, Taylor from Scottsdale, Arizona. He says, "I think the whole idea of your magazine is incredibly ridiculous. It is sad that there are kids out there whose obsession for video games leads them to believe that your magazine is a necessity. People who are video game players need to get a life. Maybe Whoa. get out. Yeah, maybe get outside once in a while. Ooh, that's world, aggressive." 
the world beyond electronic gaming is actually a pretty cool place. What was this person's name? Taylor Acosta. I'm going to say his whole name, so you can find this man online. (laughs) Taylor, in 2018, a guy made fucking $20 million playing a video game for a living. Get fucked. (laughs) And future Taylor, how many hours are you sitting on your iPhone right now? Flipping through Tinder. Taylor. Interactive porn counts as a video game, Taylor. (laughs) Taylor's a big fan of that. But, I mean, this kind of goes back to one of those topics that we've talked about uh, many times on this podcast. In that we kind of grew up on that verge of, like, gaming didn't exist in the mainstream until we became older. So, yeah, the stigma was pretty real back then. But also in 2019, you can't have harsh opinions about things like that at all. So your comment wouldn't fly. No. So why, um, if if he wasn't a big fan of video games and we need to get outside, why is he writing a video game magazine? Do we know? He's trying to, he's trying to convert people. Taylor, come on, man. I'm trying to save him. Save the youth. Yeah. Just do better. Taylor wants you to come outside to his Kool-Aid stand. It's not going to end well, let me tell you. That's the outside world of electronic gaming. Also, I would argue that uh, most typical gamers spend a fair bit of their lives outside and away from video games also. So, suck it, Taylor. (laughs) Jeez, Taylor. What if... What did they say? I'm curious. Uh, yeah, they said. They please tell me they talked about Ninja in 2018. Yeah, yeah, they they foresaw it. (laughs) Okay, good. Uh, why can't the video game fans enjoy a magazine about the hobby without it meaning that they are obsessed? After all, we have plenty of casual readers who are casual gamers. Is every single Sports Illustrated reader a big time jock loser? Ooh. Who never touches the house, who never leaves the house so that he or she can watch sports all day? Of course not. We hope. <laughs> well said, EGM. Yep. You still hear that, though, all the time. That's like the esports thing, right? It's like, well, esports is not a real sport. It's like, well, you know, a hundred years ago, sports weren't just sports either. <laughs> I mean, I love video games, and I would probably argue that esports aren't real sports, but but <clears throat> yeah, but nothing's a real sport, really. Right? Yeah. I mean, skateboarding's in the Olympics for Christ's sake. Yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised if video games are in the Olympics in our lifetime. Yeah. I mean, it's a competitive platform that people put money into and take seriously. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, I guess you can consider that a sport. Is gambling a sport? Is poker a sport? <laughs> I mean, I guess that's kind of how I look at video esports. Like they're kind of the same, right? Yeah. They're on the fringe know. there. Right. They're activities. 
Joshua, he has a uh, at Juno.com email address, which I completely forgot until this moment that that existed. Yeah. Uh, he says, I'm sure you've seen those. You've seen Sony's Crash Bandicoot commercials on TV. What were they thinking? Who was the genius that had Crash promoting his game outside of Nintendo? <laughs> now, EGM didn't rate the game too bad, 8.5. But bragging in front of Nintendo, Sony should have shown a side-by-side comparison of Crash and Mario, then they can break Because that's how Dude, marketing works. That Those commercials is, were awesome. Yeah, that is the most fucking like timeless commercial. People yeah. still talk about that. Yeah, that was, was they nailed fantastic. that. I'm sorry, the Crash Bandicoot trilogy up against Mario 64? Yeah, Mario can go to hell. Like, There's no mm. comparison. No, don't, don't. Mario 64 is an abomination, and so is the platform that it came out on. I like how you talk to Andy like he's a child or a dog. <laughs> don't. Don't. <laughs> Crash dog. is kind of on rails, though. That That's a different game. You can't compare him apples to apples. But Mario is at his best when he's on rails. Mm-hmm. 3D World, look at that. That's basically Crash. To some extent, yeah. It's a great Mario game. Yep. But to say that that was a bad marketing right. plan, Silly. like that's probably the Genius. most iconic. That marketing plan aligned with like every teenage boy's mentality towards Nintendo during that console war. <laughs> so they knew exactly what they were going for and hit it out of the park. Well, I mean, yeah. they did the same thing. Sega did the same thing where they would just call Nintendo out right away. Right. And uh, kind of come across as a little more edgier. So, I mean, the PlayStation move was, was awesome. I was a big Nintendo kid at that time, and I still thought those commercials were great. At first, I thought they were fake. Like, this isn't real, but it's pretty awesome. That and they invented furries. Like, that suit. Oh, yeah, that's true. Win-win. Yep. I wonder if that's sitting somewhere. That suit? That, that Crash Bandicoot suit. Probably smells like BO and urine. Yeah, probably goes for $10,000 on eBay, too. <clears throat> True. Or Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> Homemade Crash Bandicoot suit. <laughs> did you try to rhyme that, or did it just work out? I just, I, I want him, I want cranky Crash Bandicoot commercials now, where he just goes out to, like, fight injustices in the world, and he just goes to corporations and yells at them from all Honestly, that could be, like, a, a YouTube channel. It sounds like a bunch of YouTube channels right now. Yeah. Maybe that should be our new YouTube channel. We just need a Crash Bandicoot Corporate suit. Crash Dream yes. Crusher. Yes. <laughs> all right. Let's we'll start picking that. out our yeah. We'll start picking out our corporate headquarters. Yeah, get a whole agenda. I don't Do you know. I don't want to spend a, I don't want to spend a night in jail wearing that suit. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Some guy's gonna love that. <laughs> you know, that's what prisons are most famous for. 
What? I don't. I'm not sure what you're talking about. That's what hurts the most. <laughs> Besides that other thing. Yeah, but the lack of respect—that's what hurts the second most. <laughs> wow, Joshua got two questions in. Seriously? Yeah, man, that must have been a light uh, month for them for questions, but. <clears throat> His other question, he said, I was telling my uncle the other day about how the N64 was finally out. When I told him that it was selling for about $200, he told me that he thought that price was awfully good. He can remember early Atari systems costing that much. And you know what? He's right. Whatever we're paying for any system now, be thankful we're not paying $200 for an Atari. That goes for the Jaguar too. Does Joshua understand how, like, technology and the economy works? Because, I mean, the Atari was cutting-edge technology when it sold for $200. So that <laughs> argument makes absolutely no sense. No, other than the inflation. Right. So, yeah, you were getting a slightly better deal. And I think every... Wasn't that the, the deal was every Nintendo console up to... Oh, well, up to the 64 launch for 199 right? Is that right? Maybe, no, maybe that's not true. I've been yeah, thinking it's yeah. launched higher with some of those versions. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Be thankful you're not buying outdated technology at current prices. <laughs> Thanks, Joshua. I don't know. 200 sounds pretty good now, too. Like, there's no consoles that cost that on launch or, you know, near launch anyway. It's true. I was really hoping the Switch would launch there, but of course it didn't. Mm -hmm. No. Josh, I thought the story was. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I I just thought this when you were reading this, Joshua was going to tell his uncle that the N64 was out, and his uncle's response would be, Who gives a shit? To have any adult say, Hey, that's not bad. Hey, I I don't want to. uh, Tip this off anymore than I already have, but I'm Joshua's uncle, so that's that's how the conversation actually went. <laughs> and you'd much rather have an Atari Jaguar than an N64. Fuck this is yeah. clear. <laughs> actually, that might be the one argument I can't. Make. Ah, no, I could do that. I could. I could. Yep, yeah, you're right. You've spent well over two hundred dollars on Atari Jaguar stuff, so yes, <laughs> yes. Very invested into my Jaguar, and anything to take a dump on the. Nintendo 64. It beats the N64 strictly over boot screen. The, that fight's yep. over. Boot screen, yep. Jaguar, hands down, crushes the 64. It's all over. Yeah, if you don't have a game, Jaguar is clear Oops. winner. Absolutely. If you don't have... I'm not going to go there. I made that argument too many times. <clears throat> Keep it PG. Ish. <laughs> yeah. Plus they're both 64 bit, so I mean yeah. Do the math. It's the same. With a better boot screen. It yep. wins. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, Josh, you should check out the uh three DO. Two hundred dollars is a great deal compared to that thing. That's true. I think I heard the other day that like with inflation now it would be like well over a thousand for today's dollars. For a 3DO. <laughs> I believe it. 
Yeah, gosh, that was such an astronomical price point. Like, even the PlayStation 3 couldn't pull that off at launch when that first model was 600 People were like, hell no. And that was yeah. an established successor to one of the best-selling consoles of all time. 3DO comes out the gate with, no, it's 800 bucks. Bat. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good value. Ugh. You can watch Tin Cup on our exclusive proprietary <laughs> video format. It's only eighty dollars more. So uh we got Mike here from the internet. He's got an interesting opinion, which is actually surprising for this moment in time. Uh he says I would just like to voice my opinion about the Sony PlayStation and the Sega Saturn. I am very disappointed with both systems. To me, neither machine represents the next level of gaming. I'm happier with my Super NES and the very and the very good systems the system has or very good games the system has. All the PSX and Saturn look like to me are gimmick machines that don't offer any real substance in their games, just eye candy. My opinion might change though if the games do start to get better, then I might consider looking at the systems again. If not, then I think the support for these machines might slowly die. By the way, I have played both machines and virtually every game that's available for both systems. I work at a rental store, and the demand for them has been very minimal. People just don't care. Anyway, just thought I'd voice my opinion. Nobody cared about the PlayStation, I guess. I mean, I will say they both were pretty slow starters. I wouldn't say nobody cared about the Saturn from the get-go, though. I would say people were kind of hyped on that early on, and that died quickly. Whereas I feel like it took the PlayStation two years to kind of really take hold. So I guess I could see it. But I mean, even then, his argument is like, th- there's nothing like deep or nothing to like... It's making the argument that it's all superficial, like a lot of those games didn't graphically look that great, but you had some pretty early games like your Tomb Raiders and your Resident Evils mm-hmm. that those were pretty standout and revolutionary early on. Even on the Saturn, you had Daytona at launch or near. I don't know. I think this is a little bit of BS. Yeah, I mean, when you compare it to Nintendo, when they launch with, for the most part, a killer game most of the time like you can't uh can't compare that compared to the playstation or saga yeah they were definitely it was a weird time right weird time in gaming yeah i remember clearly thinking like the saturn was the way to go for the longest time Mm mm-hmm Especially when they were really pushing that like 159, like three game bundle. It's like, hell yeah, I'm getting that mm-hmm. Saturn. And I just remember like watching the Final Fantasy VII commercials at the time. And then like I played it and I was like, fuck that. I ain't doing that thing. Which was the opposite of everyone else in the planet and world, by the way. But yeah, I had every intention of being a Saturn owner. Um, and, and it just didn't exist by the time I had enough money to buy my next gen console. Mm-hmm. So thank God. But I've never heard of anybody like this where they were looking at those 3D consoles and being like, oh, that's just a gimmick. You know, right. Super Nintendo's where it's at. I mean, there were still some dressed. strong games, but oh, yeah. yeah. You can't you can't pretend like this kid 
saw 3D and was like, I don't want that. I don't need. I I want this 2D in my life. I don't need none of this 3D bullcrap. I feel like a Dreamcast was never an option to to even rent. I don't even remember. You could really. Huh. I mean, I I remember I'll- PlayStation stuff like that, but I don't ever remember seeing like the Saturn or Dreamcast or anything like that. Yeah, the Saturn. I know you could at like a couple of shops, but I do remember the Dreamcast being like big at Hollywood video, like before that brand. But the Dreamcast also launched around the time that a lot of those chains were going under. So it was like people weren't doing it as much. I even remember PS2 renting was a big yeah. deal because, well, nobody could get a PS2 at the time. So, yeah, I rented Gauntlet Legends for the Dreamcast and played through with a bunch of people in the dorms. Hmm. It's glorious. And Sonic Shuffle. Ugh. I went through a dark phase in my life where I thought that was a good game. We used to actually spend hours on weekends playing that. Because it literally took hours to get through a single round in that game. Is That's it better a- than Mario oh. Party? Fuck no, it's not better than Mario Party. It's way, way worse. Okay. So much worse. <laughs> it's like if you took Mario Party then sucked all the fun out of it. <laughs> and then <laughs> made it a card game. Yeah, it's real bad. I don't know why I liked that. I played it several years ago, probably even before I had kids is the last time, maybe like eight years ago, we had like a couple people over and everybody was just bored to tears within 15 minutes. Uh, it was, I don't know. Huh. Yeah, that game was never even on my radar, even as much as I like Sonic. I like how you kind of said Sonic under your breath, you like look down and you're like, Sonic. Yep. Like it, it's a curse word. <laughs> uh, certainly is. Yeah, well, I think that's enough questions for today, right? So I don't know. Nate, you want to end the podcast? Sure, guys. This is Nate. Take the sound. Remember, we can win. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, you did one on me. I can't even focus now. You make me sound overly excited. Yeah. Uh, well, if you're that excited, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at weekendrentalpodcast at gmail.com. You should be following us on social media as well. Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, all of those things. And you can find all things Weekend Rental at weekendpodcast.com and geekcake.com. And as always, be kind, rewind. Keep your stick on the ice. (laughs) Thought it was Dick. (laughs) I fucked it up. (laughs) (laughs) Bananas. Now red-green is going to sue us.